It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on KTXW 101.1 FM and 1120 AM, The Bridge, Austin. Today's Christian Talk. Friends, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader. It is so great to have you with us today on this um the day of the Lord. <laughs> and we have an awesome guest in studio with us today to talk us through a book that she has written. She is a an author and she does so many things. You're going to love meeting her today. And the 828 journey, that should get your mind racing Romans 828 and uh, this friend was is brought to us by our beautiful co-host Marlene McMichael good morning Marlene how are you doing today I am good good morning it was a non-eventful drive in (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's a good thing you know a few weeks ago I was not available. The program was going to be with Kathy and Marlene, and um, it was just the two of them. They did not have a guest. And on the way into studio, Marlene. Um, Actually, well, Gina was going to be our guest that day. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. And um, a deer decided that it liked Marlene's car better than the woods on the side of the road. <laughs> Um, Marlene had an unfortunate incident with that deer, and so it was just an absolutely crazy morning. Um, Poor Marlene. So now we are all three here today, Uh, Marlene and Gina uh, Parker, our guest, and me. Coach Carey. Well, friends, here we are in the middle of May, towards the end of May, and it's a crazy month. We've been talking all month how incredibly insane May is for most of us with school ending and graduations and just Mother's Day. And, oh, Marlene, we had two fantastic Mother's Day programs, didn't we? We did. I'm excited that uh, we were able to do that. It was a lot of fun. I've had friends um, call me after those programs and just um, let me know just what a blessing those programs were to them. And so I pray that if you did not, if you were not able to listen to those programs, you know that you can go, you can find us two different ways and download the program, lovetalknetwork.com, all right? That's just where you Google in Love Talk Network or Guys, we have a podcast, Love Talk Network, and um, Love Talk is all one word. You can go to your favorite medium where you find podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, and you can download. You can even follow us, and each week our newest episode will just be downloaded um, to your file, and so you can listen to us anywhere. Isn't that great, Marlene? Marlene? People can listen to us while they're on a walk, while they're in their car, while they're getting ready in the morning. I just think that's so cool. And when they go to sleep at night. Um, some of you may have noticed that our amazing co-host, Kathy Anderbrock, is not with us today. Marlene, she had an unexpected house guest. I and. <laughs> And she has not told us who it is. I know. <laughs> oh, you know who it is? I know who it is. But oh, it's okay. okay. It's, it, 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 he's, he's friendly. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, it's a good thing. I do know that. And so she was not available to be with us today, but I'm so happy for her and her family to get to spend some time with a friend. So what a blessing. What a blessing that is. Friends, today our key verse is from Romans 8:28, and we'll get into this before we introduce our amazing guest Gina Parker, who has written a book titled "The 828 Journey." So Romans 8:28, um, verses 28 through 30, I should say Romans 8 verses 8, 28 through 30, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His pur- purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Also those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, 
he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What an amazing way to open this program. Arlene, you want to introduce our guests for today? I do. Um, with us today is Gina Parker, who is an attorney and a su- successful businesswoman, as well as an author and speaker for churches and women's groups. She is a graduate of Baylor University with a Bachelor in Business Administration and Baylor School of Law. She's worked as a prosecuting attorney upon graduation and has been in private Private practice, practice since 1991, and I love this about her because I've, I've witnessed it myself. But Gina and her staff view the law practice as a ministry, and they share the love of Christ with those who enter the doors of her business. She is also the owner of a manufacturing company, and uh, this was started in 1991. I'm sorry, 2001, um, and it's called Dental Creations, and I'm hoping Gina can and tell us all about that a little bit later. Gina believes that it is our responsibility as Christians to take a stand for the issues in which we believe, and therefore she's been actively involved in the political arena. She served as the National Eagle Forum Chairman for Judicial Reform and is the past recipient of the National Outstanding Eagle Award for Texas for her contributions in support of the U.S. Constitution. Ms. Parker is also or has served as chairman of the Texas Commission on Licensing and Regulation. And I'll tell our listeners that's a a gubernatorial appointment and a really high-profile position. As community leader, Ms. Parker is voluntarily donating her legal services to help families and churches in crisis. She speaks at sexual abuse recovery seminars and has served as a board member for the Waco Family Abuse Center. And for many years, Gina has served in her local church. She's active there in many different positions. And uh, she currently leads the Hands of Hope International Ministry. And I hope she tells us about that as well. (laughs) She's the Texas chair for the Ten Commandments Rally. And for several years, she served on the Texas Advisory Board of American Family Radio and written editorials for the American Family Association. She's ministered to various women's organizations, including Aglo International and for churches both in the United States and abroad, including churches in Hungary and in the Ukraine. She and her family have helped to purchase a Hungarian television station that reaches approximately 5 million homes with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as uh, we're going to talk about today, she's the author of The 828 Journey and soon, the soon-to-be-released book, Hush, Little Baby, Don't Say a Word. So welcome, Gina. I'm so happy you're here. I've, I've known Gina for several years, but um, our paths obviously crossed at the Capitol, but it's a pleasure to have her on the show. Thank you. Um, Gina, great to have you today. I, I tell you what, all of these accomplishments... It it would lead us to believe that you're probably about 90 years old, but you are a young woman. (laughs) You have done so many things in in just a short amount of time. Wow, you are so accomplished, Um, and we're so glad that you're with us today. Gina, as we dig into your story, we'd love for you to tell our listening friends how you first came to know that Jesus loved you, and how that knowledge really affected your priorities in life. Well, I was saved when I was very young, at the age of nine, and uh, we grew. I grew up in a Baptist church, and uh, there was always preaching about Jesus and his death. And that really impacted me, the love of God for each one of us and how he gave his life for us. And it changed my life at a young age, and I continue to follow him throughout my life. Wow. Is that what has driven you to do, be involved in so many different arenas? Or t- Talk about that. You know, what, what drives you? Absolutely. I think um, 
a love for justice. I was thinking about that and and a love for people who are broken that uh, need restoration. So I love justice, and that's why I've been involved in the political arena, because when we have righteous rules, there's peace and order. And God is a God of order, not of chaos. And when you see chaos, you can know that, that God is not that that creates a, a place of unrest and where the enemy can attack us. But also on the side of ministry, I love the fact that God takes brokenness. He takes our personal chaos and he can bring restoration and he can, we can learn even from the most difficult circumstances and God is depositing himself in our lives. I was reading through some of my journal notes and I'd written down pain is a tool that teaches us to trust when we don't know why things are happening we don't know what tomorrow looks like and we don't know when we're going to get through the trial pain brings us face to face with God just like with Job and it teaches us to trust God in a at a deeper level and I truly believe that's where we see and come to know him is in the most difficult of circumstances I totally agree with that. I I was actually thinking on that as I was driving into the studio this morning. And um, one of the songs that came on the radio was um, there was another in the fire. The the one the song about being in the, the fire, but. But God was right there with this person or the, uh, the that's the, the words of the song at any rate. And and it and it sh- recalled in my own memory, the times that were the darkest were also the times that were the sweetest. And um, I think probably that's what you're trying to convey in, in the, the whole story of the 828 journey. Yes, that's very true. I think that. You know, all things do work for good. And one of the most beautiful parts about that is the next scripture. And there's a transition from that scripture that says for, and then it goes on to say that his image is being He's conforming us to his image, to the image of the Son. What a powerful statement. So things are working for good because God is working in our lives to make us more like him, to make us more like Jesus. And so, and it's in that place where other people can come to know him. It's where he's lifted up. You know, um, we read the scripture. It says, count it all joy, you know, when you fall into many trials. And, and I'm thinking, God, this doesn't feel good. How do you count it all joy? In fact, in a recent trial, I said to God, I think I'm overbaked. You can take me out of the fire. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready to get out of here, please. Yes, I did say yeah. that in a prayer time, in my quiet time. And I, and, but yet, I know God is working his image in me. And um, as I was, you know, preparing for today, and I was thinking about a vision that I had before I, I started through a very difficult time of my life, and I saw this um, hammer that was being was hammering an image into this block of steel. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's intense. The the pressure and the way the the hand was taking that mallet. And what I came to realize is that God was fixing to take me through. You know, like that fixing, that text is there. And there you <laughs> go, love it. <laughs> he was taking me through a trial that where he was going to form his image in me. And, you know, he is the author. He is the master sculptor. And we, and the word says, I believe it's in, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you ladies of the word, is that um, in Jeremiah, is that who's, we, we don't say to the potter, what are you making? You know, who are we to ask God, what are you doing in our lives? Because he knows and is working in our lives to bring about his glory and his best and to draw us into relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Wow, Gina, you this book is it's so it's so in depth, and I love the way you weave scripture into it, it's literally on every page, I, 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 almost. Um, and I, I that's a testament to you and how you have gone through your trials, but 
Every single time you are going to scripture to search God's heart and to know God's will for your life. And so listening friends, when we return to Love Talk, more from Gina Parker, who's written the 828 journey, and she's going to take us through this, friends. I mean, some would say that struggle and disappointment in life is just, you know, treacherous and hard, and it is. But Gina has a fresh perspective, a godly perspective to give us and to encourage us as we go through those trials. When we return to Love Talk with Gina Parker right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You're here with the Love Ladies. Coach Carrie Brinkader here in studio with my beautiful co-host, oh, man, my talented and amazing and well-read and accomplished co-host, Marlene McMichael. Holy cow, I'm just in awe of her all the time. She has so much life experience, and she just... um teaches me new things every time we're together. And so I love my time that I get to spend with Marlene. And I'm with a new friend today, um, a longtime friend of Marlene, but a new friend to me, Gina Parker, who has not only written the 828 journey, but is an attorney and um, who runs a very successful law practice. And she also found the time on the side to um, open a manufacturing company called Dental Creations. And so, Gina, I would love for you to tell us how you came up with this vision of this company, General Dental Creations, and tell us a little bit more about the mission and vision. Sure. Uh, basically, uh, Dental Creations was birth uh, from heart of wanting to give people second chances in employment. As a criminal defense attorney, uh, this has been a number of years back that I started the company um, over 20 years ago. I realized that even though clients could uh, maybe get a good plea offer, um, I would share the gospel with clients. Sometimes they would go to church with me. But then when they tried to find employment to turn their lives around, it was very difficult to find a job, especially if you had multiple offenses or a felony conviction. So what I had hoped for with Dental Creations was, was to be able to build a manufacturing company where we could give second chances to people. So part of the vision for Dental Creations that was birthed for my law practice was to provide a second chance for people who had been in trouble and had, you know, really difficult lives. Uh, we viewed our law practice as a legal hospital. And really, uh, having compassionate legal advice, I think, is so important. It's just people come in and their lives are upside down, whether they've been arrested, injured in an auto accident, whatever they're going through, maybe a divorce, and it's an opportunity to be a good listener and also to direct them to get help in whatever other way that they may need in additional in addition to legal services hmm. so have you been able to uh, I mean that was your goal but have you been able to accomplish that could you give us maybe a, a, a testimony of some of the people who've worked for you and and um, what their job is today Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, we've had various people come through that have, you know, some you're able to help and some that um, they don't take advantage of the opportunity. And so it's very interesting how that works out, you know. And so our job is to make that available, to make the jobs available, to give people the opportunity. And so um, I can remember of one particular person that was working for us. Uh, he actually um, had a criminal history and became uh, our production manager. Uh, unfortunately, after a period of several years, he got sick and began to have problems again. So that's the, you know, it's not always as pretty as you had hoped for, but you're there to love people, to provide encouragement. Um, there have been a number of people that have come through that we've helped, um, and like I said, some really change their lives and others don't take advantage of the opportunity, but we're always looking um, to try to, people need encouragement. They need to know that God is a God of second chances. They need to know that he loves them and that he forgives them, and I love the scripture in Romans 8, there's now... Therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. So what is well, a dental creation? <laughs> what What's an example of sure. something that y'all manufacture? Uh, well, we manufacture uh, primarily dental consumables. So we don't manufacture equipment. So we manufacture a lot of consumables that are used in the dental laboratory and also consumables that are used uh, uh, chairside in a dental office. So, um, for example, if you've ever um, had any endodontic work, uh, we have a product called uh, Cold as Ice. And so it's used to test the pulp vitality of the patient's tooth. That would be an example example of what we do. So it's primarily consumable products. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I can't Jean. even I can't even get to how you thought about doing that, but I <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, it's wonderful. <laughs> what I love about this is you're combining your love and your heart for people um, by sharing the word of the Lord, obviously, with people who are in the worst situation of their lives, right? They have, they are feeling, and and you talk about this so eloquently in your book, just you're feeling so low. You're feeling judged by everyone. The enemy is in your ear. Um, you, you, you don't necessarily see the light at the end of the tunnel of this very difficult journey. And you're giving people um, hope through manufacturing a product, which I love, Gina. You are, um, wow, you, you're very creative, uh, obviously, uh, highly talented, highly educated. And so, you know, let's, let's get into your, your book a little bit. You, you talk about um, unfortunate things that have happened in your life. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand that bad things don't just happen to you know, technically bad people. And I, I, you know, it's bad things happen to all of us, to everybody. And just because bad things happen doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that God has taken away your calling or your purpose. Um, in fact, my son, I, I we, we've had a lot of very in-depth conversations of late as he was trying to make this decision about his academic and athletic career moving forward. And he said, Mom, you know, we've seen that God gives and God takes away. And he goes, I just just really want to be, I can't remember exactly how he put it, I really want to be sensitive to what God has for me next. And I just thought, holy cow, that is so true. Um, So what would you say to someone who's struggling to overcome, you know, a failed relationship, which is gut-wrenching, especially if it's a marriage um, or a major disappointment. How would you talk to that person? First of all, I think you have to acknowledge that the pain is real. And sometimes, you know, we tend to overlook that. But when you're counseling with someone, whether it's a friend or through ministry, you have to acknowledge the grief that they're going through, the pain. And you you don't deny that. Sometimes we want to Christianize it, for lack of a better word, or spiritualize it. But the pain we experience is real. And so I think you start from that perspective. And then you begin to, I, I believe, look to Jesus, look to the Word of God. And so as I was thinking, what is the key in those situations when you're going through that? Because you feel like, does God love me? I mean, I think that's a question that a lot of people face. Has God forsaken me? Maybe why is this happening? And even sometimes you can be so shocked by it, what's happening, not really understanding. And so from that perspective, I think we begin to press into God for answers. And I think the most important thing in my life is the Word of God. That's why there's so much scripture in the 828 journey is because the Word of God, you know, it says that it's sharper than a two-edged sword and that, you know, we can we can be fight against the lies of the enemy when we have the word of God in our life. Because when you think about whether you feel loved, God's word says that he loves us. His word says he'll never leave us or forsake us and that he's with us and that he is forming his image in us. And so, but we have to have the word of God in order to stand in the most difficult of circumstances. And so I know for me, for example, I was abused as a child. Mm. sexually and then I was raped when I was 19 date raped and so 
I had this terrible sense of I was a bad girl in my 20s and into my early 30s even. And, you know, most sexual abuse victims, that we you blame yourself. That's, you know, well, what did I do or why did this happen? I could have stopped this. And there's a lot of guilt and a lot of shame sometimes. And so I was at a seminar um, seeking God and seeking to find answers to this. And I will never forget God visiting me and speaking to me you're not a bad girl, you're a good girl. And the shame that lifted off of me, because the truth of his word is I'm created in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. But the lie that the enemy told me through abuse, through tragedy, was that I was bad. So the word of God in the presence of God overcame the lies of the enemy. And one of the things that I loved about your book was that there were other things, and I'd, I'd like you to just reference those as well, that were, were not, uh, you know, the star-studded life or the perfect life. They, they, you, had, you had difficulties throughout. Um, so what led you to write it all down in the 828 journey? But the thing that I loved about it is you talked about them, you mentioned them, but you immediately took the the reader into scripture you didn't villainize the offender you didn't you didn't stay in the shame or stay in the 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 abuse and and so i didn't have to i didn't read the book and have to go through all of that in my own mind's eye because you immediately took the reader into um the scripture and and the redemption that god had there could you talk about that whole process and 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 what led you to write the book and why you took it that direction Oh, absolutely. I think that, first of all, that God loves both the the abuser and the abuse, and we can't forget that. And he's a God of redemption and restoration. And so, you know, what, you're, what I'm hoping to do with the book is to encourage the reader to continue to trust God, because what I saw as a minister and as an attorney is that people would give up on God because bad things were happening in their life. And if you give up on God, then you're – it's – it's really a downward spiral. But what the enemy wants to do from the very beginning of time is to steal our trust in God. He wants us to not trust God. So if he can steal your trust, then he can gain access to every part of your mind, your soul, your body, every way he can come in and attack. So the enemy, I say, Satan is a soul slayer. So he wants to come in and he wants to slay your soul. And he does that by stealing our trust, telling us that God is not good, that we're not loved, and all these lies we're talking about. And so I wanted a book that said, when you start the journey with Jesus, Finish the journey with Jesus. Walk through the ups and the downs, the valleys, the highs and the lows, and don't let go of the Savior's hand because he's your friend and he's your comforter. And so the enemy wants us to be fixated on the problem. And I remembered when I was going through my divorce, uh, Marlene, um, my first marriage, Oh, it was so devastating. My husband had had an affair, and my heart was broken. But I was becoming very frustrated. And I looked in the mirror one day, and I thought, I don't know you. You're you're not acting like yourself because that's exactly what Satan wanted me to do, to become angry and frustrated. And so I began to meditate, just like the word says, think on these things in Philippians. It says, whatever is pure and just and lovely and of a good report. And I began to regained my composure and began to be able to stay in that place of peace because I got my eyes off of the problem and put my eyes back on Jesus. And always, any trial is a distraction from God if we're believers. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal our trust. He wants to get our minds off of God. He wants to steal your worship. So if he can steal your worship, you're going to be locked into wrong thinking. That's what's going to happen. Well, I actually think, and I wrote this, I mean, I have the outline to your book, and chapter 14 is, I think, titled Love Trust. And to me, that was the most profound chapter and thought process in the whole book because you say someone asked you um, what's the opposite of love, and you had several answers. And she said, no, the opposite of love is mistrust because love trusts. So if we love God as a Christian, we must also trust him, and um, which 
you know, I know in my darkest hours, again, I think I said this earlier in the show, he, God, was the most sweet. It doesn't mean the pain wasn't there. It just means God was most present. Mm. You know, I find that really interesting. And Marlene, you've talked about this several times. And Gina, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. Marlene has talked about whenever, you know, she was in just the deepest, darkest um, pain and suffering. She felt the presence of the Lord in her bedroom right next to her. And when you were going through your your divorce, I mean, were there times when you could just feel the Lord with you? Um, and I guess alternately, were there times when you had to say, Satan, get out. Jesus is here. Yes, absolutely. I think that... Um one of the things that I, I teach is we want to exchange pain for his presence. Yeah. And, uh, and that is a, a real key is that when we have pain, and like I said, you don't deny that pain, you know, it, it, de, it almost dehumanizes us. God is aware. He said in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so because his presence comes in and we can, we can encounter the love of God, I, I agree with Marlene. It is so sweet. The sweetest presence of God has been in the darkest places of my life where he is right there and I could hear his his voice telling me that he loves me and a uh, recent trial that I've been through um, over and again I would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say everything is going to be okay I've got mm-hmm. this I mean mm-hmm. just his this the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit it says that the Holy Spirit is a comforter and as you said Marlene that sweetness of God is the comfort of the Holy Spirit and I've always in my teaching and doing women's Bible studies I'll say just whisper the name of Jesus just just right now to someone who's listening Jesus we speak that powerful name of Jesus I love that song Marlene I speak Jesus by I think it's um, Crystal Gale if I'm not mistaken anyway I love it I speak Jesus and and there's such a sweetness to that it mm-hmm. it is and you know as you were talking i remembered um when i was just a little girl i i was sick pretty often and one time it was pretty serious and um my mom came in the room and she just kind of stroked my forehead and kept saying if i could take it away from you i would and in those times when when I've I've reflected on that so many times throughout my life, and particularly in those times when things were were difficult. And that's the same thing God is doing. He's not going to necessarily evaporate the, the everything that happened to you and make it all rosy, but He is going to be there and walk with you with it, with you through it, just like a mother holds her baby. Uh, who's crying while that baby has a fever or something else, they're not going to let you go. Your mother's not going to let you go, and and God certainly is never going to let you go. So it's a, it's a sweet time, even though you're in the midst of great trauma. This mm-hmm. is so true. It's so true that God is, he, he is there with us and he is the comforter. And, um, sometimes things don't change. You know, I hope that I would not end up divorced, but that's what happened, you know. And, um, one of the hardest things I've ever went through in my life is not being able to have children and the barrenness that, that I faced, uh, you know, not having children. And it's still hard. I'm, uh, I still sometimes think, oh, it's just at this stage of life, I should be having grandchildren. And my mm-hmm. friends have grandchildren. And so it's it's very difficult. But then I, I look at all the great stories in the Bible and how the women of faith were barren until God broke through with the miracle. Now, I'm not looking for a miracle at the current age I am to have a child. <laughs> but God, God was the author of their story. And that's what we have to remember. One of the words God gave me recently is do not begrudge the season that you're in every season has blessing and every season has truth and god is working in every season of our life even though it doesn't feel good he's still working in our hearts and in our lives and in the situation around us and it may not turn out 
like you said, all rosy, but he will walk us through it. And his plans and purposes for our life are not thwarted by that trial. One of the things I, I was reading in is that this season, if it's a tragic season or a time of difficulty, it's only a chapter in the book. It's only a chapter in the book of your life, and God is the author of your story. And so like a master weaver, as I talk about in the first chapter of the book, he's going to weave all those things together and work in your life for his glory and your good. Amen. Yeah, I, I so believe that's true, you know. But I know as our listening friends um, process through this, um, a lot of us still have questions, right? And in part part one of your book, so beautifully written, you talk about valleys and bad guys and storms and beatings and walking through the desert. And, of course, you use example after example after example of um, – people in the Bible, and, uh, you know, we, we want to call them characters, but we, they're, they're obviously real people, right, that walk the earth um, and that, you know, found themselves in just horrible situations. You know, you referenced Tamar and Joseph and, of course, David, and I, I mean, I could go on and on and on. So why, if God loves us, does he allow these tumultuous things to occur in our lives, Gina? I think we have to go back to the very beginning of the Bible, to the Garden of Eden, <clears throat> and when the the fall, the fall of man, and at that time, you know, sin, you know, became part of our world. We live in a sin-soaked world, and because we're fallen, and the fallen nature of man, and the in the world we live in, there is disease and there is death and all of these things in this world. And so, um, and that will not completely change until we are in heaven with Jesus. And so I think our faith is so important. You know, we don't, in our society, even sometimes in the church, we don't look at the foundational truths of God's word because of sin. If you look, at, you know, in the very first chapters of the Bible, we have a murder, you know, and uh, you have all of these things that happen throughout throughout the history of the Word of God where there's so much tr- trouble and tribulation. It is because of the fallen nature of man in the world we live in. And so we have to understand that core principle or we will be so disheartened. So we're here temporarily. We're passing through. It says life is but a vapor. And so in this life, our choices that are so important are our relationship with Jesus and that we reflect him to the people around us. And that's what we have to keep in mind. And that's what Jesus said. He said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. That's really the most important thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, and you, go ahead, Marlene. In part of your book, you talk about the Category 5 storms, you know, that come upon us. And uh, in Texas, we can all relate to that. Um, but, you know, Job is a perfect example where everything went wrong. Everything was bad. And um, his friends began to accuse him. So talk about those whether it's ourselves or it's someone that we happen to encounter that's going through a Category 5 storm. As a Christian, what should our response be? Oh, I think we need to be really good listeners. Um, I think the greatest gift that we can give other people that are going through the storm is to be a listener, to just listen and, of course, pray for them. But people, you know, judging people and um that does not work. I can remember um, uh, when I was going through, like I said, my divorce, one of the hardest things was not having a lot of support from the church. Now, there were people, my mentor was there for me and other people, but sometimes the judgments were really harsh. Um, I, I found it interesting that my husband uh, had an affair. This started actually the month that we married, and uh, he yeah, and he also was not providing financially. And I would have uh, very religious people tell me, well, you just need to submit to his authority. And so. <laughs> I'm familiar with that one. <laughs> you probably have heard this. And, you know, it, and it's not unbiblical. Submission is not. But yet, in that circumstance, I wondered where are the men of God in the church who are going to hold him accountable? 
And so it was very interesting, and I was judged. He was not held accountable, but yet I was judged by Christian leaders. And so I found that very disheartening at the time. So since then, when I encounter people, especially broken women who have experienced the heartache of an affair, is I try to be a really good listener to them and let them tell their story to me. And then after I've listened, it doesn't take a lot of preaching. It may be one one verse that makes a difference. Amen. Well, golly, um, I want to I want to talk about that a little more when we come back from break, Gina. Uh, Friends, we have one more segment with uh, our new friend, Gina Parker, uh, the 828 journey. And we're going to talk about uh, so much more fighting the wiles of the devil when we return, which is the part two of her book. And I love this part. It's probably my favorite part of the book. So when we return to Love Talk, more with Gina Parker and the 828 journey. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You're here with the Love Ladies um, with our amazing guest, Gina Parker. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio with Marlene McMichael. What an awesome, awesome interview we are having with Gina. Gina, you've written this amazing book, 828 Journey, and really in Chapter 1, you talk about uh, Plan A. It's been said that in life it's all about how we handle Plan B, right, when Plan A doesn't go right, or maybe because of a trial, um, we're on plan E or F or maybe even plan Z. So tell us about what that means in uh, plan Z. How do we, like, how, how do we deal with that? Well, I, I think that's a, a great question. So I realized um, when things weren't turning out with my first marriage, I thought, wow, I'm on plan B. And then as other things were not going well in other arenas, I thought, well, maybe I'm on plan F or G or even further down the alphabet. <laughs> and so as I began to think about all these things, and I'm sure everyone goes through this type of situation where life is not turning out and you're like, this is not what I planned, this is not what I hoped for, I realized that plan A and plan Z are the same because ultimately God's plan for our life is that we have an intimate personal relationship with him and everything else is really uh, extra if I could use that word so it's all about our plan Z with God A and Z being the same God knows the beginning from the end he's the author of our story and so that just is that's how I this book came about really is wanting people to finish the journey knowing that God is in control mm-hmm. amen I like and, it yeah and that the relationship is the most important part because when you have that relationship you can get through anything um now when we went to break we were talking about some um just the way that satan tricks us man he's just so crafty and uh you have a whole section here uh chapter eight is titled demon busters (laughs) and i love that i feel like i'm gonna put on you know my my outfit and you actually do go through putting on the full armor of God. Um, all right. So which, which one of these has meant the most to you, Gina, as we talk about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and uh, the shoes of peace and the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. Oh my goodness. So impactful. Walk us through this a little bit. Well, when I think about being a demon buster, you know, you realize that Satan is an enemy, and it tells us that he roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And one of the notes in the book talks about how a lion can be heard up to five miles away. So what What? Satan does... Yes, is he paralyzes us with fear. So he comes in and he roars in our ear and or he whispers lies to us even. And so he's roaming around seeking who he may devour. That word devour in the Greek means to gulp down entirely. And so the, on the back of my book, I say, don't let the devil eat you for dessert. And so when we believe his lies, we're saying, okay, I believe your lies. I'm going to be easy prey for you. And so I have a little fighting spirit in me, and that's where that demon buster came from. And I'm like, God is good. Satan is a liar. Those are really simple truths, 
but they're fundamental. So God is good, and he's a God of love, and Satan is came to kill, steal, and destroy, and he is a liar. And so when he is roaring in my ear or seeking to devour me, that's when faith rises up, and I exercise faith in the face of fear. Hmm. I love that. And I loved reading through the part about the helmet of salvation and, you know, putting on this helmet of salvation protects our mind from the enemy's attack because he can make his voice a sound like our voice. Right. And we're like, okay, wait a minute. And I think it's really important for us to be able to decipher between our voice, the enemy's voice, and the Lord's voice. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yes. and I think that's that just speaks back to the whole thing about trusting in the Lord. And one of your stories was in your book, Gina, was about um, a, a woman who was being counseled to say uh, over and over again, Abba loves me, Abba loves me, or, or something. In other words, God, the Father, Abba, loves me. And, and trust is love. And so I think... You know, I have found myself uh, battling the fear thing. And so, I mean, I'm confessing that publicly, <laughs> but, but I do. I mean, uh, uh, we've talked about this before, but my, my daughter says I have PTSD in relationship to storms because I have been hit so hard by some of the Central Texas storms and, you know, with lots of damage around my home. And so I, I tend to get really nervous in the, when one is coming. And, you know, the last one, I said, God, we're going to have to get through this. I trust you. I trust you, you know. And um, so I think that there is a a real um, need today with all the anxiety and all the trauma that's happening uh, in Texas on the border, for example, and what what does it what does that border crisis mean for all of us and the economy, etc. There's anxiety, but we must trust the Lord. Gina, what do you think? Yes, I. I think that's very true, Marlene, and I love that story about Abba Father. It was about a a nun who went to hear Brendan Manning uh, speak, and uh, she went up to him afterwards and um, said, "Um, I've been abused sexually, and I just, you know, I don't feel love. And here she was in the ministry, and he told her to go home, and for 30 days, During her quiet time, the only thing she was to do for about 15 minutes a day was to confess out loud, I belong to Abba, meaning I belong to the Father of God. And she did that, and she returned to him and said, I have been able to forgive my father from the horrific sexual abuse, and I know that I'm loved, and I'm I know that I'm God's princess, basically, is what she, I'm paraphrasing, is what she she told uh, Brendan Manning, who is one of my favorite authors. And so, I mean, that's just a wonderful story, is we remember when we're full of fear, who do I belong to? I belong to the Father. I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in my new book that's coming out, Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word, the Lord gave me a vision of this. And uh, in this vision, I saw this, I was in a storm, and it was raining, and it was dark, and I was about five years old, and I was frightened. And I went running up to the father and embraced his leg, and written on his leg was King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that five-year-old little girl just took hold of his leg, and he reached out, and he placed his hand on me. And that's the kind of father we serve. That's how we trust. We run into him. He is the king. He is our father, and he is our savior. And that trust is so fundamental when you're fighting Satan, when you're fighting and you're up against the lies of the enemy and the tragedy that we can encounter in this life. Wow, well, you gave us a, just a little snippet there. Can wow. you uh, can you give us a little bit more and maybe when the new book is coming out? The new book, Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word, will be out this summer. TBN uh, Trilogy Publishing is uh, publishing the book. It's called Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word, and then the subscript on that is Wait While He Works. Now, that is the most difficult thing to do. Trust requires waiting eventually. Um, you know, you stay, 
you're, first of all, you're still, then you stay, and then you wait. I just returned from a trade show for my dental business in San Antonio, and the walkway, you push the button, and it says wait, like every few seconds. I have to tell you, I wanted to punch that button because I've been learning this, this lesson spiritually. I wanted to go, I don't want to hear that word anymore. <laughs> but it's so powerful because when we wait, we're saying, God, I know that you can fix this. I, I know that you're in control of this situation. And I, in the book, I talk about moving from being a fixer to being a truster. Boy, and for all of us ladies, we all, by nature, it's hard to, to fix. do. <laughs> moving really from being a fixer to a truster. Oh, yeah. I need this book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I think wow. we all need this book. Well, yeah. congratulations for one thing on just publishing two amazing books. That is, thank you. I, I know they're the first of probably many more. So <laughs> thank you for that. My goodness. Thank um, you. Okay, well, Gina, how can our listening friends find you? They can find me on GinaGParker.com, and they can go there and order the current book, The 828 Journey. And then when the new book is released, it will also be available on my website, GinaGParker.com. But they can also order um, The 828 Journey on Amazon, through Barnes & Noble, and believe it or not, through Walmart. <laughs> wow. So, All right. uh, and TBN, a trilogy, TBN, uh, you can get it uh, online there as well if you uh, watch TBN or you're involved with any of that. Well, Wonderful. Thank you. Well, Gina, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I just want to leave our friends with some quotes from you today that I've scratched on my notes here. Um, the enemy tells us lies, but the Lord wants us to be an overcomer. Um, God loves us all. Continue to trust God through every storm. Don't give up. The enemy wants to steal away our trust in God. Satan is a soul slayer. Um, he wants us to become fixated on the problem, and the Lord tells us to focus our eyes on what is pure, good, and lovely. Exchange our pain for his presence. Yes. Gina, thank you so much. Wow, you're amazing. Uh, friends, you can find Gina at GinaGParker.com. Uh, we are so grateful that we've had Gina and the 828 Journey on our program today, Love Talk. And friends, you know you can find us anywhere. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, find us on our podcast, Love Talk Network, all the places. We love you. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader for my co-host, Marlene Metmichael. We'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.